With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcoming Schrager now from his uh, Good Morning Football program or wherever he's headed this weekend. Where are you headed this weekend? I'm going to be in Baltimore this weekend, Mike. We've got Chargers, Ravens. I'll be at the game. Yeah, there's not a bad game out of the four. So, I mean, I, I, if I was picking one, I think if I was picking one of the four, uh, now I like watching Luck play, so I, I might pick Luck. If I, and, but I, I also I think the Seattle-Dallas game is fascinating. Fascinating. Uh, for so many reasons. But uh, I, I think all four matchups are very interesting. I, I think... Uh, you know, they all have good storylines. They all have good stories. And the games are all really close. I mean, here's the thing. You would not be surprised if, if any of the road teams won. And that's, you know, if, if you saw any of the games where the road team won, I don't think anybody would bat an eye, to be honest with you. No, and, and just getting my, my teeth into this Ravens-Chargers game, we could talk about that matchup for two hours. I will say this. The Chargers are 12-4. and four. They are the second-best record in the AFC, and their reward is playing 10 a.m. local time in one of the hardest buildings to play across the country. That's just how the seedings work. Yeah, listen, uh, uh, it's a, you know, there's a big difference. That's why that Kansas City game, I, I didn't see any way. I saw people that, that morning, I'm not going to say who's saying, oh, the Raiders could upset them. I'm saying if the Chiefs let this opportunity slip where they're going to have to go play on the road in, as a five versus going to play – get a week off and be home through the playoffs, you can't lose that game. I never thought they would, but the point is that's just too far to slip. Now you got a whole different thing, but the Chargers, I don't think road home bothers them. I don't think they have a home anyway, so I don't think that bothers them. They just have to play their game. The one thing about them is, and I think it's too many years of of the Chargers, and it's too many years of Rivers where we all know they have this little part of them where they just you just never know what you're going to get from them, where they can just kill somebody or they can just not show up. And even this year, some of their games are so strange. So I, you just wonder about them. Uh, the first thing first, though, is the young quarterback versus the wily old quarterback and the running quarterback whether or not he can win soup to nuts in a playoff game when they get to prepare for just that. It's going to be fascinating to watch. I'll be very interested to see if he can even move the ball consistently with, without having to throw it at, or throw it as little as they want to throw it. It was, it was an interesting thing last week. So everyone's all you know, jumping up and down over Lamar Jackson. And if you say anything otherwise, you're being a hater or saying something negative. Well, but, I, I don't have um, a problem with that. I have no problem saying something negative. He's still got a long <laughs> way to go as a passer. On third and five, they're up last week late in the fourth quarter. The play call was a triple option pitch to Ty Montgomery, which he bobbled, and which it was a loss of two yards. Which tells you everything, which tells you that they have no faith in him yet. And to the idea that you can't make a third and, and medium from your pocket is a big problem in a playoff game. It's very hard to beat a playoff caliber defense that way. Very, and at very some point, hard. at some point on Sunday, it's going to be third and four. The Ravens are going to be up four points or down four points, and they're going to need Lamar Jackson to make the pass. The question is, do they have the faith in him to do it? 
You know, the question is, can he do it? And the bright lights are on. And honestly, I think this matchup really helps the Ravens. I did the sidelines for the first time they played in week 16. And I could tell you, of all the games on the sidelines I've done this year, score be damned, there was no more dominant performance than what the Ravens did to the Chargers on that day. Well, like, the they Ravens... walked into their building, put them in a phone booth, and said, you ain't going anywhere. And the Chargers just were not up for the fight. They just were not up for the fight. So for me That's to the think... thing with them. You just don't know what you're going to get. And they, they scare me. They've always scared me from that standpoint. Is that because Rivers has these games where he just blanks. I mean, he just always has. He's had these games where he's unbelievable. And we know he's competitive. But, boy, he's had these games where he's just blanked. And, you know, that was a fascinating – I don't know if you were working or you got to see it, but that last minute of the Raven game against the Browns, when the Browns got the two reversals and then they, they decided that they were going to go basically with four straight zero blitzes. Yep. Now, I thought where the Browns really screwed it up, and I understand – I said this at the time, so it's not second-guessing – that they should have run the ball on first or second down. They had a timeout, and against that look, I was shocked because if they crease it, it's a touchdown. And I thought they would, and Jim Nance and I were talking after the game, and I said, Jim, the one thing that shocked me, goes, we were talking about it in the booth, you had to run it once. You had a timeout, and at that look, if you get one crease, it's a touchdown. And I just was shocked they threw it all four times. I have no knock on the way they played. They played well. They played competitively. I have no knock on what Cleveland did. They came from behind. But I would have run it on one of those four looks because they were selling out on all four looks. They were. And, and this defensive coordinator, it's so funny. Everyone wants the young, sexy offensive coordinator as their new head coach. The defensive coordinator of the Ravens is a guy named Don Wink Martindale, and he has these guys playing like they're on fire right now. And that defense, they're going to go for it. They're going to blitz you like that, and that's just what they are. And the little tricky part with them is that Weddle and Jefferson, the two safeties, might be the two smartest safeties in the entire league. Weddle's a terrific player. Weddle is like a quarterback. I know it's so nuanced with the football, and it's hard maybe to watch it. Weddle is never in the wrong spot, meaning that he is diagnosing everything. And Rivers... This is former teammate and best friend. The first time they played, every single time Rivers went back to pass, Weddle was calling out exactly where it was going. It was like John Lynch in the Super Bowl when he was versus Gannon and the Raiders and knew where every play was going to go because he just knew it because of, of Gruden. It was insane what Weddle did to Rivers. He won that chess match so easily. They're playing again. It's two weeks later. I wouldn't be surprised if Weddle knows exactly where Rivers is going every single time again. All right, we're talking with Pete Schrager about the NFL now. Before we get back to the games, and let me say this about Lynn. A lot of teams, Lynn's been sensational as a head coach. A lot of teams, a lot of teams passed on him. Buffalo, the Jets, I mean, Rams. Rams. I mean, well, the Rams wound up with a good one, but he, sure, but they passed a lot on of teams, him. A lot of teams passed on him, and he's a heck of a coach. And he started off really bad his first year, and look what he's done since then. And he, he's a, there's guys who were, Coaches and his guys who are leaders, he's a leader. That guy is a leader of players. And, that you know, there's not a lot of leaders anymore in that league. There's, there's a couple, I, but he's a leader. He really is, and the players love him. You know this. When you do the sidelines for a game or you call a game like Nance or Iron Eagle, one of those guys, you get to do the production meetings. And, you know, what's fascinating about meeting with Anthony Lynn is that he's completely comfortable in his own skin. You know, his two, his two offensive and defensive coordinators are Ken Wisenhunt and Gus Bradley, two guys yeah. who have coached as head coaches. Yeah, head coaches, he has, yeah. Head Won coaches. Super Bowls. He's got so much security in his team. He's like, I don't care. Like, I, they make us better. Like A lot of head coaches, a lot of GMs in this league, they don't want the other guys in the room who might be a little bit more experienced. They, might, they don't want the guy who's been there, done that. 
Anthony Lynn is totally comfortable in his own skin, and I'll say this. That's I'm a, a very sideline. good point, and Wizard Hunt's a guy I know since he was a player at Georgia Tech. I've known him forever. Very good play caller. Got Cowards one Super Bowl because he let him call the plays and let him open it up. Uh, very, very good, very aggressive play caller. A guy who will not back down and will always go for it in the big spot. So if you're watching that game, they will go for it. It's not just Rivers. It's the play caller going for it, too, in that spot. And Lynn, Lynn is it's it's amazing the respect he has for the players. But I don't know if you remember that game on Saturday night against Rivers when Philip Rivers was throwing a tantrum on the field, he's crying at the refs, all this stuff. It's Anthony Lynn who pulls him aside and says, "Rivers, get out of here. I'll talk to the refs." And Rivers responds right away. It's very rare you have a head coach who can talk to Philip Rivers. Rivers respects the heck out of him, which is so huge when you've got a 37 year old quarterback who thinks he can do it all. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's get to these coaching situations. Just give me an update on uh, Let's start with the Browns. Anything you got to update there? Yeah, it's interesting. They, they're going to be bringing in guys. Obviously, Greg Williams interviewed a couple of days ago. Um, the interesting one was the Freddie Kitchen story. Well, that's I the think thing, Freddie because Kitchen, that's who Mayfield wants, I think. This is, this is very tricky here. So Freddie, Freddie Kitchen is the offensive coordinator. He interviewed for the head coaching job, yep. and Mayfield loves him. So yeah, that's his possibly, guy. Yeah, he wants him. He does not could, want him could gone. Could you possibly get rid of Greg? As the, yes. It would be a very could interesting happen. move. Could happen. Yeah. Could, could happen. And, they, you know, he's not going to be happy if Kitchens leaves, and you know that. Now, you could maybe – Keep Williams and keep Kitchens. I don't know if Kitchens will live for that, but this Mayfield loves Kitchens. I heard that uh, you know that he doesn't want. He there's no way he wants Kitchens leaving. It's that was my big not a scoop, but that's my big insight. Yeah, I agree that, with that one. I agree. What about the and Jets? Here's the other. Here's the other thing with it with Mayfield. Yeah. Now he was amazing this year, but I could tell you from people at the Browns, there's a, there's not fear, but. He's very comfortable, Baker, and he's already got the locker room in his corner, and he's already the leader. He's 23 years old. Do you want to already start something new with someone new with Baker when it's actually worked the first year with Freddie Kitchens? It's a fascinating thing about philosophy and culture and who's the best guy for the job. Well, maybe Mike McCarthy's the best guy for the job, but you've already found a guy that has worked with Baker Mayfield, and they're already clicking. Do you really want to mess that up? It's so interesting. He's so young. That is a tricky one. I agree with you. It's a very tricky one, and you're hearing that in Green Bay, too, where uh, Rodgers likes Philbin. Uh, he, you know, so you wonder about that one, too. He's got a couple of years left. Maybe let him have what he wants until he leaves. So that's a possibility. What about the Jets? You hear anything about the Jets? Jets are interesting. Jets are interesting. I think the name that I would circle that is the wild card is Cliff Kingsbury. I know that report came out. A lot of people rolled their eyes. But, Mike, I was on your show in week six, week seven, week eight, saying because of McVay, guys like Kingsbury are going to be hot numbers. If Christopher Johnson and Mike McCagnan sit with Cliff Kingsbury and he blows them away. Like I know that McVay blew away the Rams in that room and says, innovation, innovation, innovation. It might click. Cliff Kingsbury might be the next head coach of the New York Jets. Is that true? The hard thing is then the only problem with that is it's a hard sell to to the New York media and to the audience. Only because of You're fired by Texas Tech? Yeah, yeah, hard sell. Very hard sell. Now, you got to believe in it. If you believe in it that much, then you come out and sell it. But you better believe in it that much because New York's not going to like that. They're not going to like that. They're they're going to hate that. It's the first time I remember a New York fan base wanting the safe choice over the exotic. They want the safe choice. They want the safe choice. Listen, you remember. They want McCarthy. Well, 
there's oh, well, they want a guy with experience for sure. Uh, and McCarthy's probably the logic guy, but they want a guy with experience. They don't want they don't. And I tell you one thing, they don't want. You remember there's there's still a little of the Lou Holtz stuff with the Jets, where the college coach scares them. It really does. Mm-hmm. So uh, telling telling your guys from from Texas Tech is is very hard. A very here's, here's very the hard. insight I'll give on Kingsbury because I've done my work on all these guys and. He was brought, up, brought in to the Kansas City organization last summer. Andy Reid said, empty your notebook, teach me everything. This year, McVay and the Rams, with all their success last year in offense, they flew in Cliff Kingsbury, open your notebook, teach me everything. Mahomes swears by him. This is why Patrick Mahomes believes he's capable to be what he is in the NFL because of what Kingsbury did in college. If you want to say that you want the quarterback to be put in the best position to succeed with a guy that every quarterback who's played for him, that's your argument, and that's the sell. The problem is he's a 38-year-old guy with no NFL experience who was just fired by a team who's a bad very, team in the Big 12. Very tough. That is hard. Very, very hard in New York. Very hard in New York. Uh, might work in Arizona. That might not work in New York. Very hard here. Very hard sell. I, I can tell you right now, very hard sell. Very, and, very And if he were to be hired, believe he would, it he it's would, a hard sell. He would need to bring, and I know that this is what they're going to harp on, and this is everything around the league, but he would have to get a Chuck Pagano, a John Fox. A gravitas defensive coordinator. Yes, a Jack Del Rio, one of these guys who's done it and been there and is willing to play second fiddle to him, just like Wade Phillips plays second fiddle to Sean McVay every day in L.A. The Gaze thing is interesting, who the Jets are going to talk to tomorrow, because Gaze, from what I can tell, Basically barged his way out of that deal. I mean, he he basically he 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 played it. He, you know, they weren't going to fire him. He basically he basically said, "Hey, you know what? I can do what I want. I don't have to listen. I got plenty of opportunities everywhere." And I'm like, "Whoa! I mean, that you, you do that to that owner. That owner's not going to take that. So that owner did not go in there looking to fire him. But when he told him that he needed to do this and do that, and uh, he got from Gaze, you know what? I don't have to do that." I got plenty of opportunities. Uh, whoa! I mean, that was—he basically barged himself onto this uh, into this landscape this year. Uh, he wanted out. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. He basically played his card to get himself out of that job. Full disclosure. going to fire him. Full disclosure. I've become pretty friendly with Adam Gaze over the last couple of years because of doing his job and being in the production meetings and all that stuff. So, I will tell you this: He is a tough cookie, and if you hire Adam Gase as your head coach, he's going to be Adam Adam Gase's world, and the rest of us are living in it. And that's what <laughs> it is. Sometimes, sometimes that works. But hey, you know, if you, when you tell the it, owner, "I don't have to do that; I can work anywhere," you know what? To a man who's got more money than he can count, that's not going to go over very well. I, mean, I don't, you know, I don't know the conversations there. I, I, well, I, I got it from a friend, and I'm telling you, <laughs> my understanding is they were like, "Whoa!" Because you know, it came as a shock down there. They weren't expecting him to get fired. And Mike, he, they had they he, they had he Jarvis basically Landry. played his way out the out the door. They had Jarvis Landry, Dominican Sue, and Jay Ajayi under contract. All three very young, promising players in the league, and they were all shown the door on the premise of yep. they don't fit the team. Sometimes it's not always the team. Sometimes it's the guy in the Listen, front of the Listen, he, he's, so he's that's not. That's what it is. He, it's his way or the yeah, highway. It's, that's it. He's not for everybody. But I'll tell you tell something. You what, Tremaine I Johnson is spending a day with Adam Gase. I think he can coach. I think he can really coach. Now, 
do you hear stuff about him being a jerk? Yeah, but you know what? I've heard about plenty of good coaches being jerks, so that doesn't bother me. What I want to know – now, listen, you're not going to go far in this league telling owners off. I mean, that's only going to go so far. You're not going to get too many of those. So he thought that he could play himself into another job, and he probably can. He probably can in this market. With his resume, he could probably play himself into another job. But he rolled the dice. There's no question. He rolled can I the give dice you one here. wild card that yeah. I think has played out a little bit in the media in New York, but really isn't that – Mike McCagnon's really interesting here. So he's being brought back, but I don't know whether his job security is two years, three years, four years. This is very important because he and Todd Bowles were not on the same page, and that was a problem within the building. I think almost of greater importance to the ability of the head coach and the quarterback ability is these two have to get along, and these two have to be on the same page, or it won't fly for either of them. It almost feels like that part, the chemistry with the GM is as important as the chemistry with the quarterback. Whether Jets fans want to hear that and say, how dare that guy be as important as our quarterback, it's that important. They well, need to be on the same page because it's spilled out into about 10 Manish Meta articles over the, last, over the last month of the season. And I can tell you, no one in the Jets building was happy with that being fought out publicly in front of everyone. No, you're right. They were upset the building was leaking. And it wasn't just him. It was the uh, young lady, too. Uh, what's her name? Justina from Anderson. the Jacqueline? No, what's the, what, the young lady reporter's name? Whatever her Justina, name. I'm sorry, I said Justina Jacqueline. Anderson, Justina, right? Yeah. Justina yeah. Anderson. She was doing the same thing. She had a source in there that was dead on with everything. So she had everything, too. And they knew the room was leaking like crazy. I mean, there's no question. They, if you want to go back to look at Justina and Manisha's yeah. articles, it is yeah, two sides had of a fence. No, they had everything. Fire. They, listen, they each had a coach in the room. There's no question. And, you know, that's their jobs. That's their job. And when you get a coach in the room, Everything that's in the room leaks. You know that? We've seen that before, and coaches try to close it down. And, I mean, hey, I've gone through it where, you know, I'm not going to go back and retrace the days, but there were some coaches who wanted to find out how I knew stuff in the room with certain teams. And you know what? That's just the way it works. I mean, you know, you have people you know. This stuff was leaking. There's no question. But more than that, listen. If McCagnan doesn't make it work with this coach, he won't be there. So, And here's what people don't understand. It's not this tug of war between the coach and, and the general manager. They want to work together. They understand they want the coach's input. They want to give the coach the players they want. The other thing, the only question is in the, in the organization is how do you settle the dispute between the two guys who don't agree on a player? Okay, I mean, when they don't agree, someone's got to break ties. And, you know, in a lot of teams, it's the owner. You know, in the old days, it depended who it would be, you know, inside a team. You know, but you used to have some of these teams used to have strong player personnel guys. Now, those guys aren't as strong as they used to be. But there used to be times when the player personnel guy would go up against the head coach and the general manager would settle the difference between those two in a room, in a draft room, in a player personnel room. They would make that decision. Now, those guys don't seem to have as much power anymore. The GM has more. But... Mike's going to have to make it work with whoever the guy is, but he should want to make it work because they need he to does. work together. They should, he they does want to make it work, but when you, get details, yeah. when you yeah. get details in an article about the coach wanted Alvin Kamara in the third round, but then they made, they made him draft a Darius Stewart. It's so specific hey, and so detailed. I understand, and they, and they recount stuff that actually went on. They had to make them look bad, and you know what the reason for that is? Here's the reason. Because it's a, it's a sinking ship. And the assistant coaches know they're going to be out there looking for jobs. 
and they're trying to make themselves look better. And that's what it comes down to every time. It's not always the head coach. A lot of times it's the offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator who are leaking. As we all know, it's not just the head coach. So, uh, and Bowles is not much of a talker, as you know. No, he's not. So, no, he's not. That, lo- that room was leaking, but it wasn't leaking especially from the head coach. It was leaking. No, and, and, and I'll tell you this. On the last couple of weeks there, when he was known that he was not going to be, Todd Bowles showed a lot of class. Todd, I'll tell Todd you Bowles that. Todd Bowles has a lot of class. I've known him a very long time. He was not the big leak, but they knew who the leaks were, but they couldn't close them. They couldn't close them down. So they, I, we say all that because it's, now McCagnan probably, this is, if it doesn't work out, this might be his last coaching oh, hiring. absolutely, it will be. Knowing yeah, that going yeah. in, does he bring in a guy who's got a big, big opinion and is he's stubborn? Gotta, and he's got to know if he can work with the guy. That's, he's gotta, that he's, stuff plays into it. It does, no question. Listen, he sits in a room as a perfect example with Gaze. We all know Gaze has got a very high opinion of himself. Extremely high. McCagnan's got to know, can I control this guy? Because you know what? He doesn't want gays throwing him overboard a month in. He doesn't want that. And, you know, and it Should that matter, that Mike? Should that matter if Adam Gase is the best qualified coach and Sam Darnold's going to be the best off? Should Mike, should Mike McCagnan personal... Well, Mike doesn't get to make that call because, let's be honest, if he overwhelms Chris Johnson, he's going to get the job. Yep. If, you know, and, and if he's in the room... And Mike presents him. But Mike has got to know that he's got a guy he can work with. He's got to bring this guy. He's got to bring Chris Johnson, who's going to make the decision. He's got to bring him a guy that he can work with. That's got to be the way. And that's just the way it is. And they, listen, the personnel guy has got to, the GM in this sport, in this sport, and it's getting less and less in other sports. But in this sport, the GM has got to take a backseat to the coach and let the coach lead. Because if you don't, you will not be successful because so, it's got, you've got to give the player, the coach, for the most part, the players he wants for his design. You've got, you got to believe that much in your coach or you pick the wrong coach. Okay, so you say all that, and yeah. then I say, then Jets fans ask me, why aren't we going after Jim Harbaugh? Well, it's going to cost you $13 well, million. He's dollars. not coming anyway. He's not coming. I mean, he's, he's not, going to cost you that money, and he's going to come in and storm the whole entire oh, forget it. He's taking over, but that's not it. He's not leaving Michigan until he wins big there. He's not leaving anyway. But I understand what you're saying. If you bring a guy in like that, see, that guy's not around anymore, though, because they have decided, these owners have decided they don't want that one guy anymore. The part sales of the Cowboys, all it's that. Over. Is, it's over. It's over. The day when Belichick leaves, that's over. He is still in charge of everything. When, when he leaves, it's over. Because Now, that doesn't mean, and you know this, because you know a guy like the young guy in, 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 in L.A. That guy's getting the players he wants. They're not going to deny him in a room. They're not going to do it because he's a force of nature right now. They're not going to deny him. They're going to work with him. And if they can't work with him, he's going to win the battle. Yeah. Because that's the way it is, and you know that. When the coach gets to a certain point, you're going to work with them. Otherwise, you're going to walk the plank. And that's what you know. The coach has a propensity, if he's good, to get bigger than the general manager. It's going to happen once he wins. And the bottom line is, you can see it in a place like Pittsburgh right now. They always want to give Mike Tomlin what he wants, but that doesn't mean he's going to win every battle in there. And you know yeah. there's a lot of battles going on inside that organization right now. As yeah, an and look who's out in front, of the, in front of the media every single time. It's Mike Tomlin. Where's yep. the GM and where's the owner? You don't see you them know, ever. They, they, want the G, they want the head coach out there in front. That's the way they run things. That's just the way they do things. It's the way they've always done things. So the bottom line is you said, what you said is very interesting, and it's a fascinating point. Mike has to bring in a guy good enough – to be the man, but also someone who is going to be, he's going to be able to work with. It's a very, very fine 
line he walks. There's no question. You don't want too big of a name, and you don't want too big of a personality. So we'll see if Gates can do that. I would say McCarthy, very likely candidate. I would say Cliff Kingsbury, if this is a wild card, that might sound. That fits that. And then I'd say they're meeting with Todd Monken, who was the offensive coordinator in yeah, Tampa I don't, Bay. I don't, like him. I don't like him in the old. Of course I, I'm not. not but but don't be shocked if this guy comes in and, and, and exactly hits all those checks. Works with young quarterbacks, college background, all this stuff. Isn't a sexy hire, but you know, all that stuff comes into play Losing right now. Losing record you, as a college coach is not going to sell here. It's not going to – you, you get, need a resume. You, you, this time you need a resume. The, they – here's the difference this year. This is the difference. The Jet fan knows that this time it's serious in that it's not – well, we'll hope to get the right guys. They have the 21-year-old star. They have the launch point. They have the franchise quarterback. They're picking at the top of the draft. They're $90 million under the cap. They have everything on ready. They need the pilot. That's it. They can't mess it up. So they can't say, well, yeah, it didn't work out. No, this time it has to work out. It yeah, has to I- work out. I'd say the Kingsbury thing to fans who might be throwing their remotes when that thing is, does happen, if it does happen, I would just say this, that every NFL coach wants to pick his brain and every young quarterback wants no to play question. for him. That's no the question. sell. Yeah, Guru doesn't automatically make him a head coach, though. But let, you might be right. Now, listen, let me ask this. You know Gates better than I do. I don't know him from a hole in the wall. Uh, <laughs> I know some people who are in that organization very well, and I talked to a couple of them. But be that as it may – that's for another day. Uh, but can Gase, will Gase have a problem with the New York media? I don't know. I don't know. It depends how it, how it, it did not go well in Miami. He was getting inviting matches with Armando Salguero. Well, every then, then, the answer's, then the answer's got no chance here. I mean, it, it, you can compound it times three. It's three times. But, but what if Miami. he brings a 10 and 6 team or an 11 and 5 team? Who cares about the media? Let's, because let's there's going to come here. a day. There's going to come a day when there's going to be a crisis. You know that. Is he going to blow up at the first crisis? No, I don't think. I mean, he's not a bad guy. Peyton Manning swears by him. Like, there's no, a lot I understand of who, that. But he also is a guy who has a, a, as you would readily admit, has a very high opinion of himself. Uh, I don't know if it's that or if he has a quick ability. He can't be fake. He's too authentic. So when a reporter asks him a question that he deems stupid or below him, he will let you know. And that comes off as very disrespectful. I don't mind that. Yeah, it does sometimes. But I'll I, I tell you something. I think he's a good coach. I'll tell you right now. I think he can coach. I, I've always thought he could coach. And he's done well in close games. I think he can coach. Uh, I didn't love some of the things he did on offense, but you know, and he might have had to do some of those things. He clearly had trouble getting along with star players, which is not a great uh, quality to have in this league now, uh, because sooner or later there's got to be some star players you get along with. You got to have some star players. You got to have some game breakers, and you got to get along with some of them. You can't you can't get rid of all of them. So, I mean, th- th- that comes to play, but fascinating. All right, other places, quick. Uh, Arizona, <laughs> what, what do you think? Arizona is, is, is I'd say, Kingsbury is a name they've circled. Uh, they met with Gase as well, but I think that's going to be an interesting one. I think we might have to see how other chips fall before they hire let their coach. Let me do it this way. Before, let me do it the other, reverse way. What guys, McCarthy definitely gets a job, right? Yep. All right, we know that. Uh, does Cardwell definitely get a job? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about that. I think he's okay. interviewing a lot of places. Don't Does know if Pagano a job. get a job? I think Pagano in Denver makes a lot of sense. Okay. Does uh, your guy get a job, Mr. Texas Tech? Does he get a job? 
I think so. I think he will get one of these jobs. I think that there's okay. not enough candidate pool for, for one of these teams to be interviewing with him and not be blown away. Did he, does Cleveland keep one of the two assistants? I believe so. I do believe so. I think Cleveland does. A lot of Josh McDaniels to Cleveland talk. I think if Josh were to leave, I would all, I'm not going to put the words of him in my mouth because it's not from him. It's what I believe from my gut knowing him. I would think Green Bay is more likely than Cleveland. I was just going to ask you, Josh, since Fitzgerald said no, I gather Josh McDaniel is the leading candidate, right? He's the leading candidate. It makes a lot of sense. You can connect a lot of dots. And if he ever was to leave New England, this is the place I think would make sense for him to do it. Okay. All right. So, uh, and the four games this week, you got your game, so don't pick yep. that because you're doing that game. What do you think in the other three games? Uh, who do you like, Bears or Eagles? I'll never, I'll never pick against the Eagles, not after what I've been watching. I, that'd okay. be going up against the heavens. I mean, the Eagles are on fire. And yeah, I saw you say today that the guy, some guy was in your office and uh, said that. Uh, we had a psychic on when they were 6-6, yeah. six and six, and he came in and said the Eagles are winning the Super Bowl. We all laughed. Hey, he's a psychic. <laughs> I'm you not questioning that crap. That's pretty psychic, yeah. That's pretty good. What was the guy's name? Uh, Colin Cloud. We brought him in in December. It was a real riveting right. show. The ratings really were high. Right. Uh, he came in and told us that the Eagles were going to win the Super Bowl, and they were six and six. Shake is a smart kid. He already pays, always pays attention to the ratings, which I think is a very good thing for talent to do. Uh, now, uh, what about? Uh, well, Mike, when you're number one, you know it. Seattle, Dallas. What do you think? Uh, Seattle, Dallas. I think Dallas wins this game. I, I just feel like they're going to overpower them at home in the spotlight and all this stuff. They'll rise up. They'll at least win one playoff game. With this and team. the great Andrew Luck in, against Houston. I actually have Houston winning that game. That's going to be a fun game. It really is. That's going to be. It fun. is. I, it's really interesting. It's the Colts are a great story this year. They really are. What a they wonderful sure are. story. What a one in five, story. and they're throwing and the ball just, to Zach Pascal. Luck, but how about, how, how, about, how about the linemen and Leonard on defense and and the kid on the uh, the, ta- the guard who's just wonderful? And I mean, they got some great young players. They really have gotten. some Do you rookies. remember watching the Thursday night game? They lost to the Patriots. They got kind of blown out, but they were like they fought hard. They got and blown like, out by the Jets. You're like, but no, but the Thursday night game, I came away thinking, you know what? They're not good, but they're going to be fun, and they might be good next year, and here we are there in the playoffs. Hey, what they've done is, you know, Reich was perfect for him. Absolutely. That's why I think Arians would be an interesting coach for the Jets if he would commit to four or five years. Can I, can I give you a place for Arians? It had, he hasn't interviewed anywhere. Tampa. Not out there. Tampa. I just think that the Tampa Bay yeah, Buccaneers so makes a lot job. of sense It's also for the job he wants, too. It's a job he wants. I think Tampa makes a whole lot of sense. I agree. Let's, just, well let's just put that in there. I'm I say he, he, it's a job you he wants. Arian Tampa. I think you might be right about that. Thanks for coming on. Talk to you. You're the best. Thank All you, right, sir. Thank you. Peter Schrager from Fox back after this.